Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Cornerstone. I'm so glad to be back here again today. I'm excited to talk to you today. Second time I get to talk to you about the last arrow. And the last arrow, when we talk about that, we're talking about making sure that we are willing to take the risk. We shoot all of our arrows. We pull them all out. We make sure that nothing is left in our quiver at the end of our life. That's what we're doing. Well, I want to ask you a question to start today. I just want to ask you this. Have you ever met a person that in retrospect you wish you had never met? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No names, please. (laughs) No names. Let that roll around in your head for a minute, all of you who are listening, and then let me ask you this. The reason that you wish you would have never met that person probably has something to do with the fact that that person is connected with your regrets. They're connected with bad decisions you've made. People in our lives are always connected with our decisions, for good or for bad. Now, most of our parents knew that people in our lives were going to take us off track if we weren't careful. Most of our parents knew that. And so they drove us crazy trying to keep us away from those people that you just thought of, right? They, they drove you crazy trying to keep them, you away from them. Uh, many of you uh, remember Pastor Hal Hare. I think one of my greatest contributions to Cornerstone Church has been the people that I've brought into the life of the church. And he certainly was one of those. He was our associate pastor a few years back. And if you know him, you heard his family's story. The reason we got Pastor Hal at our church was I looked out there one day and I had known him from school. He and his wonderful wife, and I couldn't imagine what they were doing in act. Akron, and when I caught up with them, you know why they were there? It's because they had a son who was in trouble. He was in trouble, and they knew that they had to save him by getting him away from the people that he was with, and they just shocked him, picked up the whole family, and moved everybody to Akron away from those people, and it truly did save his life. These people were stealing his life through addiction and his association with them. So they showed up at Akron, lived there, and their son, Troy, oh my goodness, what a magnificent man he is today. They had done exactly the right thing. Getting him away from people that were damaging to him truly saved his life. Now, Charlie and I had the same kind of opinion about about some people. It's not that we didn't... um, You know, it's not that we didn't want them to do well, but we just knew that they were not going to do well for our kids. They were not going to do that. And uh, there were people that we told our kids, just so you know, you remember Troy here? You you remember what happened with him? Well, if you date these people, we're moving out of town. (laughs) We're just leaving. We're going to take care of that situation for you because it's not that they can't follow Jesus and get their lives changed. But right now, they're not the kind of people we prayed for. We didn't have children for you to be married to them, to be caught up with them. And so that's, they had seen Pastor Howe do that, and they believed we would do it too, so it helped them a lot. Now, lots of you had parents who did similar things with you. They, they went kind of crazy to try to protect you from, from people that they thought would be bad for you. You might have thought they were nuts, but if your parents today, I'm going to bet you you're doing the same thing with your kids. 
You're doing the very same thing. You're warning them. You're doing everything you can in your power to keep them away from the people who you know will absolutely destroy their lives. We know from our own experience, the first time we tried that drug, we didn't do it by ourselves. We were with people. The first time we got drunk, we didn't get drunk alone. We did it with people. Every bad decision we've made, we've done it with other people. We all know that. We all know that. And so when we have children, we want to be so careful about their friends and we can't protect them from everything, but we sure want to do because we know that it's not our enemies who destroy our lives. It's the foolish people we choose to be friends with. That would be a really good place for an amen, everybody here. That'd be good. Okay, great. Here's the truth. Your greatest regrets and your greatest successes are always connected with people. Always connected with people. Every single time. We all want great lives. But the truth is, you cannot live an A-plus life when you keep making C-minus decisions. You can't. Particularly in the area of our friends, in the people department. Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived outside Jesus Christ himself, he said this, walk with the wise and become wiser still, but a companion of fools suffers harm. That's Proverbs 13, 20. And that is packed with stuff right there. Now, when you say walking in a biblical sense, when when the Bible uses the, the word walk, it means that you're doing life with someone. You're doing life with someone. So you do life with wise people, and Solomon says, you'll just soak up wisdom. You won't have to be studying. I appreciate you taking notes, but you wouldn't even have to be taking notes. If you hang out with wise people, you will soak it up. You will naturally become wise by hanging with wise people. Now, I'm a witness to that. I'm a witness to that. Now, I'm certainly not going to say I'm the wisest person you'll ever meet, but I'm considered by a good number of people to be fairly wise, wise enough that they come to me for counseling and all of that. But I didn't get wise through taking counseling training. I mean, I I graduated four years from college, three years in graduate school, and then I've had many credit credit hours uh, beyond that in continuing education, but it's not those things that made me wise. It's the people that I have been with who have made me wise. The people I have been around, it's the places I went to school, it's the communities I grew up in, it's the people in church that I went to church with. My parents were so good at making sure the best people they ever met, they would bring into our lives to make sure that we knew them. And so I hung out with wise people and I got as close to them as I possibly could get and I asked them questions and I tried to spend time with them, hang out, even when I was a little kid. I always wanted to be with the grown-ups when there was something big going on. I loved to hear from them. And listen, the wisest habits that I have and the things that have shaped my life and the And this is absolutely true. This is not bragging. This is said with all the gratitude I can say. I truly, in all the areas that matter, have a regret-free life. I have no regrets there. And it's because of the people who walked with me. It's so important. So how do you recognize a wise person? How would you know a wise person when you see one? Well, a wise person knows that all all of life is connected. They don't believe that there's any individual compartmentalized pieces of life. They know that everything is connected. They know that what you do today will impact your tomorrow. Can you say that with me? What you do today will impact your tomorrow. They know that. A wise person knows that. A wise person knows that high school choices will follow you. 
Nothing and no one is isolated. A wise person makes every single decision based on today and tomorrow. Wise people, if you hang out with wise people, they will raise everything a level for you. You'll be better just because you're with them. You just truly, truly will. You will have a far better life because of them. And not only will it make your own life better, you will become wiser for other people. You will have a greater contribution in life yourself. That's what Solomon said. Walk with the wise and become wiser still. So what about walking with fools? You might think that walking with fools would make you just more of a fool. But let's think about what he said. Solomon is the guy who also uh, wrote the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, those books. And fools are well described in the book of Proverbs. Fools laugh at caution. They don't take correction or discipline. They think they know everything. They know the difference between right and wrong, but they just don't care. They really just don't care. They don't take care of themselves. And listen, someone who doesn't take care of themselves, they're not going to take care of you. You know, they just will not take care of you. That's, they're just that foolish. They believe that they are the exception to every rule. And we could go on and on and on. You should read the book of Proverbs. Actually, there are people um, that read the book of Proverbs, one proverb a day every month. Billy Graham used to do that. It's a, a wonderful idea because it makes you so wise. But one of the ones I think is really profound is from Proverbs twenty-two twenty-four. It says that a person who has a hot temper is a fool. And he says, Solomon says, if you make friends with a hot-tempered man, he will catch you in a snare. Anybody ever gotten in trouble because of someone with a temper or someone explode all over you? Yeah, absolutely. This is what Solomon is saying. He is saying, if you, a companion of fools, if you're a companion of fools, you're going to suffer harm. It's not just that you're going to become foolish. Even if you don't become foolish, you're going to suffer harm just because you're with them. The shrapnel of the explosions of their lives will wound you. They will get all over you. They will impact you whether you personally become a fool or not. One quick example, when my husband and I lived in Cincinnati... We had a young friend that was a part of our church. His mother had started coming to church there, and she was a single mom. She had five kids, and, and they, were, they were just the most wonderful people. Dante, was, he was just incredible. He was great. He was a great athlete. He was great in every possible way. His mother was trying so hard to keep him from people who would be destructive to him, and she had done a good job, and he had chosen really well. He had stayed away from these people. One day, he's walking home from school. His family uh, didn't have the ability to get him a car or anything like that, so he's walking home from school, and these guys that his mother told him, I don't ever want you to be with them, pulled up alongside the road and offered him a ride home. They said they'd give him a ride home. Well, Dante was um, not sure about that. He thought, I really don't want my mom to see me getting out of this car. But they started kind of kidding him a little bit like, what, man, you scared of us? You scared, you know, you afraid, you ashamed to be with us? So he got in the back seat of the car with them. Just a few minutes down the road, they saw flashing lights and heard a siren They got pulled over to the side, made all the young men get out of the car, and they checked underneath the seats. They they had gotten a tip on drugs, and underneath where Dante was sitting was a stash of drugs, and everybody in the car said it was his, that he didn't do it. You know what happened to him? He didn't have to go to um, 
you know, didn't have to go to jail for any time or juvenile detention, but he did lose a, a college scholarship over it. A companion of fools will suffer harm. In far bigger ways than what happened to Dante, your life will be derailed if you don't choose to be wise in your people choices. Unfortunately, foolish people are often very charming and lots of fun. Haven't you noticed that? They can be so much fun and you can feel very drawn to them. But listen, anyone who pulls you away from your values, anyone when you're cold sober, you know is not moving in the direction that your life should go, you need to pull away from any person that you have to make changes in the core of who you are to be accepted by, anyone who to have a relationship with them makes you feel pressured to compromise, or here's a good one, anyone you hang with that, that causes you to experience new temptations, you need to run for your life. You need to run for your life. Your future depends on it. Okay, so you've got to move away from the fools, move away from the foolish people because you're going to suffer harm if you don't. So how do you walk with the wise? Listen, you have to walk with the wise. You got to have a posse. You got to have some amigos. <laughs> you got to have a gang. You have to have a pack. You have to have a tribe. You have to. Even Jesus didn't do life alone. When he started his ministry, the first thing he did was gather his tribe, get his tribe together. And so how do you do that? I want to tell you quickly a few things that honestly, truly will make the difference in your life if you do it. The first thing you're going to have to do is you have to do what Jesus did. Make your commitment first. You have to commit to that last arrow life first. You have to be committed to taking the risk, making the choices, doing the things that shoot all your arrows. You have to do that before you even know the kind of people to pick to go with you. You really need to do that. So, you know, what often happens, let's just talk about the area of dating, okay? Lots of times people want to date and sow their wild oats and then somehow, after they're done with that, find a winner. That's generally not going to happen for you. If you're dating, you need to be the kind of person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Okay, you need to do that. And it's that way in all of our choices. If you want to uh, hang with the wise and grow wiser still, you want to be the kind of person that they are looking for as well. Again, one more time, you can't have an A plus life if you're making C minus decisions, particularly in the area of your people choices. This is what the Apostle Paul said, and, and you know, there's no argument on the fact that he's one of the greatest men who ever lived. And this is what he said, Acts 20, 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Powerful verse. I, when I was uh, young and starting out in ministry, uh, I kind of called that the spiritual kamikaze verse. You know, I'm just, I'm just ready to die. I'm ready to give it all up in order that I can finish the task that God has given me. I think it's kind of cool. He didn't know that, but Pastor Jacob has chosen that as a life verse for him. It's a, a wonderful thing. Paul shows us, shows us how it's done. You get a goal for your life that nothing and no one can pull you away from. Nothing can challenge. You shoot all your arrows. He's saying, I'm going to shoot all my arrows. I'm going to leave nothing undone so I can complete the task that God has, God has given me. You know, one of the things that helped me with that for years, for years when I was uh, younger and, you know, I was still raising kids while I was uh, pastoring and there, was, there were just so many things that could pull me away from the direction I needed to be. 
I had one wall in my office. You go into my office, and every graduation picture that anyone gave me, any Christmas card that had people's pictures on it, my own family pictures, they were the wallpaper for that entire wall. You couldn't see an inch of wallpaper because I had those pictures up there. And every day when I would pray to start my day in the office, I would say, Lord Jesus, help me complete what you called me to do. I don't want any of these people ever to lose their faith because of a mistake that I've made, because of something that I've done. I want to finish well. I will never let these people down. You need to commit to the last arrow life. The risks that you will take, the things that you will do, you need to make a really big commitment so you can recognize the people that you need in your tribe. You can, never be you can never afford to be more committed to a cause than a community. Did you hear me here? You, you can't. You can't be more committed to a cause than people. You know, some people will say they're committed to, you know, oh, let's say the, the uh, stopping the sex trade. Okay, you can be committed to that cause. But if you're not willing to get involved in the lives of people who have been caught up in that, your, your commitment is worthless. You can never be more committed to a cause on paper than you are to people. Even Jesus, he came with the greatest cause of all. That was to deliver the world from sin for time and eternity. But he put faces on those people. He committed himself to that. And that's what you and me need to do as well. Jesus needed a tribe. And he called 12 and then he added to it. He, he got more and more. And that's where you and I need to be. Two, after we commit to the last arrow life, we have to commit to people. We have to put faces on the cause, faces on the cause, and build a tribe. So, now we go about finding our tribe. How do we do that? Well, King David, before he was king, was specifically called and anointed by God to his mission. He was called to be king, and he had lots of enemies and lots of fools who wanted to determine a different life course for him. King Saul was the biggest fool. He was his powerful enemy. He did not want David to become king. And it wasn't just that he was jealous of the kingdom. It was that he knew that God had set him apart, had set him aside because he had been disobedient and not lived a last arrow life. So he wanted to destroy David. David was just a poor shepherd boy with no resources when he was anointed to be king. Saul, on the other hand, commanded a powerful army of the entire nation. How could, in facing those odds, how in the world could David ever live a last arrow life? Well, he refused to be cowed. Did you know that when it says cowed, he refused to be cowed? That's the root word of coward. It doesn't mean he refused to be mood. <laughs> that doesn't mean that. It means he refused to be bent. He refused to be cowed. He refused to be a coward. And so it got people's attention. Two of the exciting chapters in the Old Testament are 1 Chronicles 11 and 12. And there it tells about how David built his army. You know, he couldn't give them any money. He couldn't recruit in that way. He couldn't do that. He had to recruit with who he was. And do you know how he recruited with who he was? David and Goliath. That story other things people looked at him and they knew that even though Saul was the king when they needed a leader the one who stepped up was David they knew that and so they stepped up they saw his calling they saw that he was so committed to it and so they stepped up 
to follow him. He was like a magnet. This is what it says. Day after day, more men joined David until he had a great army like the army of God. He didn't have, you know, Uncle Sam wants you posters. He didn't have anything like that. He had nothing. He just had himself, his reputation, and his calling. That's all he had. And they kept joining him. And you should read the list. If you go through there, you read the list and you see that every one of them had credentials just like he did. He had, he had one guy that joined up to, to serve with him who chased a lion into a, a pit on a snowy day. He had other guys who had killed giants. They're powerful men. Every one of these people that were attracted by his vision, had a, they were a person that was great on their own. Listen to this. This is, this is stated um, in, in this very line of people that are it's telling their history, David became more and more powerful because the Lord of heaven's armies was with him and these men were here, his tribe. It actually says that in the New Living Testament. They did incredible exploits and then they came to help David do theirs, his, even though each one of those, them were great on their own. Let me tell you, anyone who claims to be a self-made man or woman is completely deluded. They're a fool. It's just absolutely not true. And I will tell you from my own life, every, everything that I get credit for, I could not have done it on my own. Every great thing I've ever done is because people came and helped me every single time. Every single thing I get credit for, um, that's with, true with Clear Blue. It's true with the things that I've written. Every single thing that has happened good in Cornerstone, I'm, I'm going to run out of time if I list them for you. But every single thing is because great people came and helped me. Anything that you do great, that's going to be the story too. You're not going to do it because you're the Lone Ranger. It's not going to happen. It will not be that way. God calls you and then he connects you with people. It will be just like it was for David. Day by day they will come to you. Don't be discouraged if you don't have them today. You don't need them today. He's going to bring them to you as you stay faithful to your calling. He will connect you with people and you will have them just when you need them. The thing is, life can be very hard. The last arrow life is very, very fulfilling. But, you know, we all of us come to places where we feel like we've given all we can. We've, we've just all done all we can do. We don't know anything else to do. And so we tend to isolate then. We tend to shut down and pull back. But we were created to be in community. You have to build your pack in order to build your power. You can't have power without a pack. You need a pack who is so committed to your last arrow life. They're so committed to you doing the great thing that God has called you to do that they won't let you quit. They won't let you get out of the battle because you're afraid you won't win. They, they will be right there. They will not allow you to quit. And Cornerstone, I have to tell you, you have been my pack. I have been discouraged many times. But many of you have pulled up right behind me and you just haven't allowed me to quit. You haven't allowed me to be discouraged. You have spoken life into me at my lowest moments. Now the problem is we tend to find safety in the people who speak to the lowest common denominator of, a, of our potential. We tend when we're discouraged to go to people to say, well, you didn't need to do that anyways. It's okay. Don't feel so bad. You don't want that. You can't afford that. You need people in your pack who will say, come on now. You know what God called you to do. We can do this. They will speak to your greatness and call you to be more. Anytime that you are hanging with people who don't see the greatness in you, you got to go. See you later. I'm out of here. I need people who see the greatness that God has called me to be. But then it's not just about you. It's not just about the fulfillment of your life. 
God wants you to move towards others and be part of their pack, to be part of their tribe, part of their team too, to help them see the fulfillment of God's calling on their lives. And so now you invite Every single person needs to belong somewhere. Part of God's plan for you as you build your own tribe is to invite people and invest in people to help them and see them go forward too. So you look for potential that you can pull out in each other. That is the whole way that the wonderful staff at Cornerstone has been built over the years. By far, almost all of the staff, with the exception of maybe five people, By far, the staff has been homegrown. They've come from Cornerstone. They have been people who have attended the church, committed their lives to the Lord, developed their potential, become incredible ministry partners, and then they begin serving on our staff. You know, the very first one, I'll tell you quickly, was Jim Stutler. He ended up being Pastor Jim. He was a Navy guy. Um, he worked at Ohio Edison, and as he was getting ready to retire, he, he was Light and Life Men's president at our church, and he just cared about men. And he was thinking, and he told me that he was concerned about his life after retirement. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, have you considered being on my team as my visitation pastor have you considered being ordained and just like that he felt the calling of God on his life and after he was uh, uh, he was about 58 years old when he got his ordination training and he served as a as an associate pastor at our church for lots and lots of years he just died a couple of years ago when you see God moving in someone else's life and you see their commitment You want to invite them to be part of your team and then you become part of their team. You want to help them see their dreams come true as well. In the, in the process of them helping you fulfill your dreams, you will help them fulfill theirs and everyone will grow. Everyone on our staff right now, I could tell you right now, that's the case. We're helping each other make it happen, aren't we guys? That's what's happening. That's what's happening. I remember a number, uh, quite a while now, it's probably maybe been 10 years, something like that, pretty close. I remember when a really broken man and his family walked into our church on Christmas Eve and they wept the whole service. That was the Schleiss family. And Mike Schleiss was in the midst of trying to get out of addiction that had plagued him for more than 20 years. He gave his life to Jesus Christ and oh my goodness, you know what's happened with him? His fingerprints are on almost every man that comes into our church now. He leads two recovery groups a week and God is using him to see people change. You know what you do when you're building your tribe? You put a tin on everybody's head and you help them to grow into it. Every one of them, every one of them. You hold a crown above their heads and you help them to grow into it. That's how they become. And then you move into the future that you have together. You know, that's what happened with the disciples. When Andrew, when Jesus called him, Andrew said, well, this is too good to keep by myself. I have to go tell my brother. And then he went and found Peter. And you know what happened with Peter? Peter became a bigger shot in some ways than Andrew was. But Andrew didn't care. They were fulfilling their dreams together. You know, they were seeing it happen together. And then they found Philip. You know, you don't keep the joy of a last arrow life to yourself. When you have this fulfillment and you feel God calling you and moving you into greatness, you, you just share it with everybody. You invite them into this life with you. You do that. And Jesus did that. We follow him. You never become Jesus. You may never become Peter. You may never become the dream that somebody else has, but that's not what you were created for, was it? 
No, you were created for your dream, for what God has for you. If you have children today, or if you're ever going to have children, I want to tell you, your kids need to be in your tribe. Absolutely, they do. They need to be your tribe and you be in theirs. Our family has had a family mission statement for years and years that has hung over the door uh, going into our kitchen. I want you to read it with me. Would you guys read it if you can see it? The young family is a team. Together we will live with love, integrity, and obedience to Jesus and will make a positive, joyful difference in the lives of others. That's our team. That's our cornerstone, or I mean our young family team. That's our team. That's what we did. You know, here it is with your kids. If your kids don't experience the thrill of Jesus from you and the thrill of the last arrow life from you, they're going to be struggling pretty hard to find it somewhere. They really will. And so if you have kids, you want it to come from you. And if you, if you see children who don't have that kind of uh, a last arrow parenting life, you want to invite them into your tribe and make it happen for them. Oh man, I wish I had the time to tell you of the people all around the world, the big names and the ordinary kind of names and the incredible impact they've all had on me. They all came from my choosing from my choosing. They either invited me into their tribe and I said yes, or I invited them into mine. And I found, listen to me, this is so important. I have found my tribe. The success I have found in life is because I found my tribe in God's people. The Big C Church. Big C Church. You know, and our children have as well. Our boys on their 18th birthdays, we, the way we celebrated their 18th birthday was to have them invite the 18 men that had made the greatest impact on their lives to their birthday party. And then those men would bring uh, wisdom for them for the rest of their lives and have it written down on paper to give them. It was so powerful. And do you know what? Except for a couple of uh, coaches that they had in school, Every single one of them was Big C Church at church. Every single one of them came from church or from their own family. It's incredible. All of the people of God have helped us raise our great kids. And we have wonderful children. And you know why? Cornerstone, you helped us raise them. They've known no church but you. They've known no people but you and you are so wise. And you have surrounded them with goodness and invited them into your tribe. And you are their tribe and they are growing up to be so significant in life. I want to do that for your kids all around the world. I have people that when I run into people around the world who are part of the Big C Church, immediately they feel like my family and they invest in me. I invest in them. I hear from international people every single day. And every one of you mean more to me than I can possibly say. You are a valued person. Say that. I'm a valued person. I am a valued person. But that's not enough. You need to be more than a person. You need to be a people. You're a valued person, but you need to become a people. Peter said this. First Peter 2.10, he says, once you were not a people, you were just a person. Kind of, you know, rolling around like one dice by itself. One little die. But now you are the people of God. You become a people. You say, well, I can't find the right people. Well, you're not looking in the right place. You need to be looking in God's people. You need to fully commit. And you know what? God's people are not perfect. Did you know that? Yeah. God's people are not perfect. And that's really good because you aren't either. You know, you aren't either. So what we do is imperfect people commit to other imperfect 
people and we say we're going to stay in this thing together listen you don't want to be church hopping now there's all kinds of great people in other churches for sure but you want to find a place to build your tribe and you want to stay there you want to stay there as long as you possibly can stay in it together because God is building you into a people he's taking your lonely little person and making you into a people and he says you're living stones he's building a temple out of all of us not plain old bricks but living stones stones with life in them as a result this is what Peter says if you if you follow on down in, in this after he says we become a people he says as a result, you can show others the goodness of God because he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Isn't that what he's done for you? Out of darkness into his wonderful, wonderful life. And that's what we get to show to other people. You know, the healing that every single person who has ever taken a breath can only be found in community. You cannot get healed by yourself. You can't. You don't even know you're selfish until you're in community with other people. You don't even know that. The things that are ruining your life cannot be healed until you're in community with other people. And you and I and everyone we know, we need each other. The church of Jesus Christ, when we are living last era lives, living and sharing Jesus Christ, we are the hope of the world. And guess who's Jesus, whose tribe belongs to Jesus? It's the church. From the beginning, when he first came, when he first came to right now, Jesus' tribe is the church. And he's inviting you to be part of that. He wants you to be part of his tribe and find, find your people. You find your people in the people who are living last arrow lives the people who are following Jesus Christ, those are your people and they will make you so much greater than you ever knew that you could be. They will help you find healing from the brokenness in your life and don't be insulted. You are broken. Every one of us are. We're broken, but we will find healing for the brokenness in our lives. Now, you know how I found healing? Because I went to church. Not a building, I went to the people of God. I went to church. And in that setting, I found healing for my hurts. I found life for my death. I found light for my darkness. And you will too. You need to go to church. Not the building. The people of God. Take me to church. Take me to church. I hope that's your cry today from your heart. Take me to church. You know why? Because the church and the cross that it represents... Oh my goodness, we are absolutely not a trophy for winners. We're a shelter for sinners. Let's go to church. That is our story. That's our story. And if it's not your story, it needs to be your story. It needs to be your story. You know, Daniel was just telling us where they've seen me at my worst. You know, sometimes people tell me, yeah, I, I, I got some things to fix up. And as soon as I get my life fixed up a little bit, I, I'll, I'll see you at church. You know what? That's dumb. That's really dumb. That's like saying, as soon as I get well, I'm going to go to the hospital. You don't want to do that. Churches for broken people. Churches for people are, who are helping each other get well and be loved and accepted. And any problem you have, 
We're just happy to have you because we're all broken people. We're all people who are finding life and fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Now, I know that there are some of you this morning who've been listening with us and you've been singing along and you've felt that empty hole in your heart. I want to pray with you right now. And I'm going to ask you to pray like I'm praying. Say it in your own words, but pray like I'm praying and let Jesus do something great for you. Dear Jesus, today, today, I need you to be my savior, my life, my future. I need your church. I need your church. And I pray just like that old song says, you say that you'll take me just as I am. And so today I come to you just as I am. And I give my life to you. I want to live a life of fulfillment and joy and future. And so now I'm doing that and I'm committing to your church. I'm going to be part of the people that are a foundation and hope for the world as we get well together as you work in our lives. I thank you for coming into my life and being my savior. I commit to moving forward in life with you. I'm going to find my tribe with your people in your name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that this morning, if you mean that, please connect with us there. There's a place uh, you'll find there. Uh, our host will tell you about it, Journey Starting Point. Connect with us. We want to help you keep moving forward in your life and seeing God continue to do great things for you. Your future is as bright as the promises of God, and those things are so bright, they'll, they'll blind you almost. It's so great. So you do that. I'm so glad that you've been with us this morning. It's so wonderful to have you be part of us today. And right now, I want to invite you wherever you are to just kind of catch the blessing. Okay, can you do that? Just kind of catch the blessing as I speak it over you today. May Jesus Christ, who knows you best and loves you most, may he help you find your tribe. And may he lead you forward in victory all the days of your life until one day we are all safely home. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.